People think I'm damaged goods. I'm worried about losing my job. Will I ever get a transplant? I want to see my children graduate from college. How can I afford this? I don't want to be a burden. I'm afraid. I'm overwhelmed with information. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever fall in love and get married. I just want to play with my friends. You're listening to Kidney Talk, streaming health, happiness, and hope to the renal community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen First. Well, welcome to Kidney Talk, and I'm really sad because we are going to talk about a subject that I really hate, <laughs> exercise. I hate to exercise, and I know it's important, I know. but we I just... always hear exercise. Well, you know what I think it is? They take the fun out of exercise. They make it sound like it's work. And hopefully today we're going to learn some tips about exercising and the benefits. But I tell you, I like to have fun. I mean, I don't want to think about exercising. A nightclub sounds like a, a great time. Go out and dance yeah, and you I can mean, exercise. You're right, because I did see you on the treadmill the other day with the, with the cocktail, <laughs> with the shaker, the martini shaker, and you were doing no, the shake the best thing. fun is the prom. You the know, prom? You're oh, dancing. You're running around, dancing, making things happen. I mean, but the that's prom, the best exercise. You know, I think the prom, you need, in order to do the stuff that you were doing, you need a safety belt. Because dancing on the tables and doing backflips, <laughs> I mean, that's... such uh, a creative imagination. <laughs> no, it's true. With the martini shaker going and everything. <laughs> so when we come back, we're going to talk to a doctor. Oh, no. He's not a doctor. No. I'm. You know, he's going to have to pay me money if I call him a doctor again. <laughs> Uh, Dan Bayless, he's out of a very prestigious school, University of Virginia, and he is an exercise guru, especially for dialysis patients. Well, Stephen, we're going to be talking to Dan Bayless today. You know, he's a clinical coordinator of the SitFit exercise program at the University of Virginia Renal Services. He's been traveling around the country educating kidney patients about exercise, and he's uh, he's been published. He's got all kinds of articles out there. And, you know, what's really exciting is he's just loves teaching kidney patients how to exercise. So maybe there's hope for you. And the best thing about him is he looks great in spandex pants. Hi, folks. Crazy Kidney Kid here to tell you about the incredible specials we're having. We are definitely wheeling and dealing this weekend. If I can't put you in a proper axis, a lifeline like me and the missus like to call them, and I'll stand on my head and eat a low-sodium bug. First, we have a Crazy Kidney Kid special on hemodialysis axis with several different models. We have catheters great for the beginners or in any emergency, but you'll soon want to move up to a more sporty model. Next, we have the AV graft, a good utility axis, but believe me, sweet folks, I have saved the best for last, the fistula. This is the access that everyone is talking about. You'll get great mileage and years of use with this baby. What's that you say? Hemo just doesn't fit the lifestyle you prefer, PD? Well, feast your eyes on this baby. Oh, I forgot this is radio. You'll just have to trust me on this one, folks. This is the PD catheter model. Beautiful, efficient, and easily hidden from view. So take your pick. We're dealing all week. We'll really have to move these babies. Keep your access clean and free of infection. A daily check for signs of redness and warmth could indicate infection. Check with your health care team for tips on how to keep your dialysis access clean and safe for use. And remember, if I can't put you in one of these lifelines, I'll stand on my head and eat a low-sodium bug.
Well, Dan Bayless, welcome to Kidney Talk. How are you, man? Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for inviting me. Appreciate uh, it. Oh, good, good. Now, we're going to talk about something I really, really hate, and I hate exercise, So, and I'm a kidney <laughs> patient, so what in the world do I do about that? Well, there's always a good thing. Making, uh, exercise is good for everybody, so I'm sure I'm going to do my best to talk you into it. <laughs> You, you can know, convince the, him. The, the part of the problem is, is being a dialysis patient, I, I am, I really have very little energy, and the thought of getting on a treadmill or getting on a bike is just, it's murder to me. Uh, you, the sentiments that you have are uh, universal with most dialysis patients, and I hear that every day, actually. And how do you conquer that? Well, the, the thing what I do is I tell patients and I tell dialysis patients, see, this is a car battery. You're charging yourself up. Now, it sounds a little weird at first because you're like, okay, I have to exercise to get energy, but it makes me tired. Actually, it does energize you. It does make your body more efficient to get around and do the stuff during the day. Now, we're not, I'm not training any uh, Lance Armstrong disciples or any um, marathon runners or anything like this, so I do take it lightly, but the more in shape your body is, the, the stronger it gets and the more energy you'll have and be able to handle the dialysis treatment as well. So, so the more you exercise, the the stronger you'll get. And you know, it's like a, a yeah. It's, and you said about a battery and and everything. I'm like a hybrid car, though. You know, <laughs> high ma- high maintenance car. <laughs> Plug in. There you go. Is exercise safe for um, people who have kidney disease? Now, we're, we're going to focus on dialysis patients for this show, but I'd also like you to allude to you know pre-dialysis and transplant patients as well. That's the beauty of exercise. The benefits of exercise go for everybody, apply to everyone, not just dialysis patients. As a matter of fact, it is a little strange. Uh, Just about 10 years ago, uh, nephrologists and kidney doctors would say, no, you shouldn't be exercising at all, um, that you're too unstable, you shouldn't be doing it with your blood pressure. Now it, it, it is totally flipped. Now the doctors nowadays are strongly encouraging patients to become more physically active, not only for uh, hemodialysis patients, but uh, transplant patients and PD patients. So uh, the benefits uh, for the exercise apply to everybody. And what are some of the benefits for exercise for kidney patients and dialysis patients? The exercise benefits uh, apply to everybody. Uh, specifically for dialysis patients, as you know, the dialysis treatment itself really, really takes a number on, on you, and it really makes you really tired and weak. As a matter of fact, um, a lot of people that I have talked to call it the muscle-wasting disease, whereas the dialysis treatment itself breaks down your muscles. So that makes it even more important that you need to maintain your strength and energy. Now, I, well, what, wait, wait, go back there. I, I, dialysis breaks down your muscles? Yes. Yes, it does. I didn't know that. You talk, you talk to any dietitian, and they'll tell you that's why we thought we're very delicate on the protein levels. Can't eat too much protein. You only eat, uh, you know, but you have to maintain enough protein in your in your diet. Um, it is what they call a muscle wasting disease. Um, hmm. So that by all means, the exercise, as far as cardiovascular exercise, you know, endurance exercise, and doing a little weight training, which we can probably get into later, um, really helps manage your strength and manage maintain your muscle strength. Well, I guess it's a cycle. If you basically, if you don't feel well and you don't do anything then your muscle just deteriorates, basically. That's right. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. One of the things that I think is interesting in a lot of dialysis units now, they actually have exercise programs. Are you seeing a trend of dialysis units embracing more programs in the units to actually exercise while patients are on the machine? 
Yes, I am. Uh, we we here at the University of Virginia have uh, intradialytic exercise, which means the patients are actually exercising while they're getting the dialysis treatment, which is really amazing thing. Uh, what I tell patients is it's like their gym time. Uh, they're sitting there for two to four hours. I say, let's do something fun. Let's go. Let's do. Let's keep your your legs active. And what I tell them, and what happens is it increases the circulation mm-hmm. in your, your legs. Right. It helps the blood flow move around so they can probably remove fluid easier. That's right, because if you're sitting in a recliner chair for three hours, it's a long time to be sitting there, and you're not really doing a lot, so your, your blood flows slower through your body. Wouldn't that be fun if they let them play dodgeball in the dialysis unit? The patients could have the chairs, and they could throw the balls. That's right. Well, I always told my patients, I was like, I'm going to hook your cycle up into your dialysis machine. You have to cycle to keep your dialysis machine rolling. (laughs) I don't like that too well, but um, I can't tell you the outcomes that I've seen, but the positive things that I've seen with patients that exercise during their treatment. Wasn't that an episode on Gilligan's Island where they actually have to pedal to watch the TV show? That and the Flintstones. (laughs) You know, I, I tried to start a program at my dialysis unit, but they didn't like the idea. I wanted to do wrestling matches between the patients. Well, we we, we discourage the wrestling, but we do uh, try to get them to get their legs moving at least. But, but there were some 90-year-olds that I knew I could take. I bet there's some 90-year-olds that can take me on dialysis. <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Dan, um, we want to talk about what are some exercises that patients can do besides wrestling. Right, and... and, and yeah, because, you know, I think swimming is out also. Let's get physical, physical. I get physical. Let's get physical. Let me talk. Let me talk. Hello? Hi, Mom. Boy, that was some storm last night, huh? We actually lost power for a few minutes. Oh, you think that was bad? You should have seen the one back in 52. Well, now that you're on dialysis, you should really have a plan in case of an emergency. Ha! Last emergency I had was when you got your head stuck in the hamster cage. Scared the little fellow to death, those big eyes just staring at him. I'm talking about emergencies, like severe weather, earthquakes, or power outages. What if there was no water or transportation to get you to dialysis? It's important to be prepared. You mean like carrying important medical information? Or asking your facility for alternative arrangements for treatment? Or preparing emergency stock of supplies, foods, and medicines? Or learning what diet to follow if your dialysis must be delayed? You already knew all this? I've got to run, Sonny. I'm late for Taekwondo. Bye, Mom. And now it's time to ask the nephrologist. What should my hemoglobin or hematocrit be? And here's Dr. Alan Nissenson with the answer. Both of those uh, terms, hemoglobin and hematocrit, really are just measures that reflect the degree of anemia someone has. And we have some guidance about where we would like to see the level of either hemoglobin or hematocrit. This comes from some clinical practice guidelines developed through the National Kidney Foundation. And if you want to focus on a number, the current minimum number is a hemoglobin of 11 or a hematocrit of 33. And you can convert just by multiplying the hemoglobin times 3, and that gives you the hematocrit. Now, nephrologists don't disagree with this recommendation, which is developed based on best current medical evidence. Where there's some debate is how high should it be? Because 11 is considerably lower than normal. 
for both men and women. In fact, the World Health Organization defines anemia in men as a hemoglobin less than 13 and in women less than 12. So if I'm a man on dialysis with a hemoglobin of 11.1, I'm above the minimum set by the Kidney Foundation, but I'm still anemic. So the question is, how much higher should it be? And for that, currently, there's no good answer. The current Kidney Foundation recommendation is not to exceed a level of 13 for hemoglobin or 39% for hematocrit. And there is some concern that if the hemoglobin goes too high, possibly even into the normal range, the blood might get a little too thick and then the vascular access might clot or there might be other complications. So probably to be prudent, one should keep the hemoglobin between 11 and 13 or the hematocrit between 33 and 39. The Asinephrologist segment of this program is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment from your physician. Always seek the advice of your own health care provider regarding your medical condition. The Renal Support Network and the Renal Physicians Association make no representations or warranties and provide no guarantees of any kind as to the accuracy of any information provided during the Asinephrologist segment. Well, here we're going to be talking about exercise. And uh, when I was on dialysis for 12 years, I ice skated all the time. I used to love to ice skate. And people were worried about me at first that, you know, because I was on peritoneal dialysis at the time. And when I would skate, I'd kind of have tidal waves and stuff. But, you know, I think it really helped me. Um, and it was also a great stress reliever to be able to go out and do something after, you know, living with kidney disease or get my strength back after I was in a hospital. I could not agree with you more. I what happens is, particularly with somebody, not just with kidney disease, but with any kind of chronic disease, the sicker you get, the less you move around. Mm-hmm. And the less you move around, the sicker you get. And so it's this real nasty-looking cycle. And that's where I try to come into play and say, look, you know, just because you have, uh, and I always tell my patients this, I was like, just because you have a chronic disease does not give you an excuse not to exercise, Okay. I tell you, one of the problems I have is I, I have low blood pressure. And I know, like, last weekend I was trying to do some stuff in the yard. And I'm good for about 30 or 40 minutes, and I just get totally wiped out because my blood pressure is so darn low. What we usually tell patients is, uh, and what we do with hemodialysis patients here, is we have them get checked out with their doctor first. And we pay very close attention to how they're feeling, how they're responding. Because as you know, the hemodialysis machine main, you know, checks their blood pressure and checks their heart rate. Now, for someone on uh, peritoneal dialysis and transplants, they don't have that option. So what we do, I try to train patients to do intermittent exercise. So take a few minutes, uh, do some activity, take a few minutes and take a break, and then continue on and take break into their uh, activities. And that seems to help a lot more. And the, the more you do the stronger you're going to get at it. Now, what, what are some of the exercises that one can do, then? Give us some suggestions on some exercises. Um, well, I have to say, the walk, walking is probably one of the best exercises you can do. Now, obviously, not everybody can walk. Especially uh, well, on dialysis. Well, and you know, I agree with you on that, because, you know, one of the things that helps me when I was on dialysis, I had a, a black poodle. And then I lived in an apartment, and I had to walk him for him to use the restroom. It forced me to walk. Because he demanded it. And I think Pepe saved my life at times. I, 
I tell you, you know, like I said, and a lot of patients, whenever I bring exercise up to them, uh, they're like, oh, I can't do exercise. I think they get the notion I'm trying to train them to be like an elite athlete. And I'm just saying, I usually just tell them, I sit them down and say, look, you know, we're going to get you start walking. You know, that's what we're going to have you do between your dialysis treatments. And for people that are on hemodialysis, we have these little peddlers that sit in front of their chair, and they can pedal it while they're on their treatments. That sounds great. And it has to be fun, though. You know, it has to be, you know, it's got to be like a competition for me to want to, wanna, to we you We go know, back to the wrestling matches, then. Uh, well, no, maybe it's like, you know, you can pedal and you go so many miles and then you can beat the other person. Or, I mean, when I go to the gym, they which isn't as much as I should, um, they always have these competitions that make it fun. That's right. As a matter of fact, in uh, at UVA right now, we just started this month the Where's Dan exercise program, where I travel around and do. I run marathons around the country here, and so what I did was I kind of incorporated the patients into this. So I have this big map of the United States up on my bulletin board, and every time that they get they do some exercise, albeit uh, cycling or weight training or anything like that, they get a certain amount of miles on it, and they track it all the way around the United States, and then they have three months to complete the project. And that just started like two days ago. So so it's kind of like Where's Waldo? <laughs> it's the Where's Dan exercise program. So we have a lot of fun with it. This is the fourth year we've done it, and it's always one of the more popular. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you really do have to make it a fun thing right. because it's, it's, it's just too boring just to sit there and, and do that exercise. What I tell patients is, hey, if anything, it makes the time go by. We just published this article in our recent issue of Live and Give, and Lisa Westfall talks about how one of the things her and her husband would love to do is bike ride. And they would bike ride all the time together. Well, her first transplant starting to not work so well, and uh, she doesn't have the energy she used to. And she was getting really depressed because she couldn't keep up with the bike, so they bought a tandem bike. And, uh, yeah, this story will come out in the next issue. And she's now loves it because, she, you know, she can do as much as she can. She still gets to be with her husband and bike around. And the story is amazing. It's actually very inspiring. I'm thinking about going and buying a tandem bike and let my husband do 75% of the work. <laughs> That's right. What I usually tell patients with, that, with uh, kidney disease is any exercise is better than nothing. Right. Any exercise is better than nothing. So even if it's just a couple minutes walking here and there, maybe taking a couple stairs, you know, anything is better than nothing. Nightclubs, dancing. That goes a long way. That goes a long way when you're talking about a lifetime. What do you think about aquatic exercises? I strongly recommend it. I'm actually an aquatic instructor myself. Now, I don't have any of my patients in my class, but for dialysis patients, it's easy. water exercise is e- very easy on the joints. There's no stress on the joints. As long as you don't have a catheter. <laughs> and it, obviously, when you have a catheter, you know, they'll teach you how to take care of it, and there's a way to do it. I don't recommend doing any of these exercises in pond water or anything like that, where the right. bacteria can cause infections or anything like that. But, if, for example, if you want to go to a gym and they have an aquatic class, that's a great exercise with no stress on the joint. I used to play water volleyball. That's right. Perhaps some patients... And drowned almost. I, <laughs> I'm not that tall, so it was really, it was really challenging because um, I, I had to tread water a lot. <laughs> I used to play Marco Polo, but I was always it, so I never got any exercise. I just had to stand still. You know, my gym has a very interesting pool that... Um, I wanted to know what your opinion was. They they have a salt water pool. 
Yeah, so I didn't What's know the, the benefit of that. The pe- purpose, what is the purpose of that? That you could eat sushi at the oh, same time? Oh, I bet or you something? I know what it is. Maybe it's because they don't want to use chlorine and the salt's better than chlorine. I think salt's better for your body. I think the important thing is no matter what type of pool water it is, you want to make sure that your access site and your catheter sites are, are well protected because there's still bacteria in, in salt water and there's still bacteria in chlorinated water. So you want to make sure that you're protecting your access sites and your um, and your catheter sites at all times. Right, you know, the salt water is nice and everything, but just all the uh, the fish that go by, I just, you know, it's <laughs> kind of disgusting. And jacuzzis are really dangerous for catheters. <laughs> hey, listen, should we ask a, our doctor about starting an exercise program, or can we just go ahead and do it, just take the jump and do it? The first thing, if you're interested in starting an exercise program, is talk to your doctor first. Like what you mentioned before with blood pressure. Uh, maybe your blood pressure is not under control just yet. We want to make sure that your body can handle something like this. That way your doctor needs to know that you're putting your body through this. And I kind of see it as another medication. I see exercise as something you're giving yourself uh, to improve your body. And so that's the first thing I ever tell a patient. Say, look, if you're interested in going for a walk or maybe doing a pool class or doing some small hand weights or leg weights, talk to your doctor first and, and let him know and then he'll give you the clearance to start exercising or not. One of the things that I thought was always interesting is sometimes I would have some healthcare professionals, oh, say you got to exercise, but it was pretty obvious that they never exercised. Do you think I should say and encourage them that... Yeah, what do you look like, Dan? Are you like the, you know, 250, pressing 260? Myself, I'm about 140. I'm actually kind of a smaller guy. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But I got a funny story for you. About 10 years ago, I was a smoker, a drinker. I weighed about 175 pounds. And I have high cholesterol in my family and high blood pressure as well. So it's not only is it ironic that I work in dialysis, I've actually caught, and granted, I have not got to the point where I had kidney failure or anything, but I understand what it's like to live a sedentary lifestyle and what it feels like to live an active lifestyle. So. Uh, I, I have a unique perspective on some patients, maybe not to the extent of what they have, but I know what it feels like to feel bad physically. And what was your motivation to go from drinking, smoking, to, to change your ways? Well, I just uh, I wanted to feel better. I wanted to feel better, and this was when I was about 27, and I, you know, I looked at my, my parents, and they're overweight, and they, they didn't feel good, and they had all these medical issues come up, and I was like, I, I'm 27, and I'm starting to feel it now. I don't want to feel like that in 20 years so uh, also it, it helps that I went to school for exercise science so I kind of learned it from the clinical side and the science side so I kind of got my own little motivation and I got the schooling part of it so I was actually pretty lucky I learned a lot about it so I have just been cleared by my doctor to go exercise what should I do next uh, you can there's a lot of places you can go to get information about exercise we talked about one is going to the gym. Most gyms have a personal trainer. The personal trainers are like used car salesmen there. I think it depends on what type of trainer you're looking for. Uh, We're in Los Angeles. <laughs> I mean, it's usually, I'm telling you, Dan, it's usually an 18-year-old kid and with tattoos, and he knows nothing. He can take the science classes that you have. What I would do is look at the uh, certifications and where their background is from you know there's there's certain levels of a personal trainer that you have to get to to be considered you know able to work with a certain population so what i and i always tell patients it's like look go ask about certifications what what have you done in the past it's very tricky to find a personal trainer like you said but there are very good ones out there 
Right. I know, I know I know in my gym, you know, if you could do 50 sit-ups, you are considered a personal trainer. <laughs> All right. One last question. The most important question that I've been waiting to ask is, how can you make me look good in my little exercise spandex pants? <laughs> that I may have to let you deal with Lori about that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> best thing you could do is just, is just any exercise is better than, better than no exercise. So get up, move it around. Um, what they call uh, physical activity versus exercise. Now, physical activity just means you're up and moving around throughout the day doing the chores. You're having fun. You're doing your regular routine. That's right. Just not rather than sitting down all day. Exercise is planned and, you know, I'm going to go for a walk for 20 minutes. Um, what I recommend most patients and most people in, in America, not just for kidney patients, but is to be physically active and a little exercise. Well, I know one of the best things that I can do is, you know, just start cleaning out closets, moving things. I mean, you get something done, you get some exercise, and that's actually the kind of exercise I like to do where I feel like I'm doing something. For to just go stand on a treadmill and walk for 30 minutes or something just sounds like such a waste of time. That's right. Well, there's, um, there's things you can do on the trip. I see people, you know, reading magazines. I can't read. And it's too hard and, for me to read. You know, but the other thing in the, when I go to the gym is I'm so intimidated by everybody there because a lot of them are, are big muscle people, and here I am. They look good. Yeah, they look. We're really in good. L.A. It's really hard in L.A. because there's so many hot people out there that are, you know, looking good and stuff. You got to find the the. Um... Yeah, Lori gets the vapors every time she goes to the uh, gym. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, gym's not the only place to exercise. You can exercise anywhere. So take a hike. You can do anything. You can. You, there's a lot of, there's a couple websites that you can look for about exercising at home. Oh, well, that's my kind of exercise, what, surfing the web. Do you know what the domain name is? www.lifeoptions.org. Okay. And they have free downloads uh, for, there's three of them. There's uh, one article for exercise specifically for dialysis patients. You're kidding. Um, great. As a matter of fact, I print that off for every new patient that I see. Well, we just also loaded a new website um, actually a couple days ago called kidneytimes.com. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's just it's just brand new, and there is a couple of articles on there about exercise, and we would love you to write an article for us. We'll publish it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We just, uh, we just started our own website here at UVA. It's the uvasitfit.com. Okay, sit fit. So, so you're basically saying when you're sitting, you can be fit. That's right. Sitfit.com. UVAsitfit.com. Okay. Well, we'll check that out. Great. Well, thank you, Dan, so much for joining us. We've learned a lot, and I, I got to go exercise now because I'm yes. I'm really out of shape now. <laughs> That's true. I, I, I'm uh, very happy to come and to your uh, to the radio station and um, chat with you guys. I, I always encourage everybody to be as active as they can. Okay, well, I gotta go do some exercise therapy. Yeah, Lori, I'm gonna go wrestle now. Well, now that I have mastered Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers, how many pickled peppers did Peter Piper pick? Let's see what my next challenge will be. Say this three times fast. Fistula first feels fantastic for future fitness. Fistula first feels fantastic for future fitness. Fistula first feels fantastic for future fitness. Now if I only knew what that means. Okay.
fistula should be your first choice for your dialysis access. It says here, less infection and less hospitalizations. That's good. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Lasts longer. Some patients have had their fistula for more than 30 years? Oy. Sounds like a no-brainer to me. Fistula First feels fantastic for future fitness. For more information, please visit fistulafirst.org. Do it now. Oh my gosh, I am so out of breath. I just did 50 sit-ups. I sit know. Why did you make me do 50 sit-ups? I mean, come on. Because I wanted to show you that I could beat you at it. <laughs> Finally, I, I could beat, beat you at... I can beat you at jump rope. Oh, I... Yes. I hated jump rope. I was terrible at jump rope. I know. And you know what one of my best sport is? Uh, hopscotch. Hopscotch? Yes. I was a champion hopscotch player. Oh, I thought when I, I was knew younger. it had something to do with scotch. We can control our own destiny. We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options. We can form partnerships with our healthcare team. We can take steps towards self-improvement. We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our family. We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives. We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow. We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams. We can make a difference. Renal Support Network would like to thank everyone who has made this show possible. Kidney Talk's founding sponsor is Amgen. Generous support is provided by Roche Pharmaceuticals and Astellas. Friends of Kidney Talk are Abbott Laboratories, American Region, and Fresenius Medical Care North America. Thank you for helping us stream health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. Visit rsnhope.org for more information. The opinions, recommendations, statements, and advice contained on Kidney Talk are for information only. You should not use the information on the show to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease without first consulting with a qualified health care provider. Please consult with your health care provider about any questions or concerns you may have regarding your condition or dietary regimen.